What's up, y'all? It's B Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. I know season four has gone on a hell of a long time. But when NFL season begins, that's when the new season will excuse me. That's when the new season will start. So if you're wondering, like, well, damn, how long are you gonna do this season? Listen, I've done 40-something episodes in this season of the show alone, so trust me. I've been doing a lot of shit, and I've been consistent, so hey, you gotta give me that. But I'm gonna start the show off, because there's a lot of shit I gotta touch on. So Kyler Murray, in addition to his big payday, he has a stipulation in his contract saying that he has to watch... Four hours of game film or film study. And if you go back and look at Kyler Murray's career, even before he got into the NFL, dude is fucking accomplished, okay? You had you were drafted by two major league sports entities in the MLB and in the NFL. So, dude... They don't just give that shit away. Like, dude knows what the fuck he's doing. And I'm not sure if the Cardinals are trying to go the parent route with that stipulation saying, well, you have to study, you have to do homework and do this and that. First of all, this is a grown-ass man. You cannot make him do anything that he would choose not to do. Because granted, Kyler Murray's going to go out there and he's going to give you a winning record. Because that's what he did in his first damn season. Nobody's seen that coming. But the Arizona Cardinals are taking the parent approach, and I'm like, listen, there comes a time when you have to trust your kids, so to speak. Trust that they're not going to wind up in a fucked up situation that they can't get themselves out of. He's going to be focused on the game, but he also needs time to live his life as a young man. And it's just funny because nobody ever questioned if... A very young Peyton Manning needed game film or needed to study four hours a day. Nobody ever questioned the almighty Tom Brady. So it's just funny how certain quarterbacks, also known as black quarterbacks, get held to a higher standard versus their white counterparts. You know what I'm saying? And not to say it's on no racist or nothing like that, but it's like, yo, give him a chance to breathe a little bit. Yes, he got his money, but then when you try to throw in the stipulation here, it's like, yo, like, what what are you even going to accomplish by doing all that? The Kyler Murray, he did respond. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't bad or anything like that, but it's just like, yo, just let him do him. He will study all the film that he needs to study. He will work out. He will improve. Because a player like that always has more room to grow into a great player. Especially one of a, one that's a quarterback. And this kind of brings me into Zion's contract situation and stipulation. So pretty much, the Pelicans signed him to a big fucking contract. However, Zion hasn't played in a very long time because of weight issues. And they want him to drop below 295. To get his guaranteed money. Now in a stipulation like this. I see why. Because Zion. He really hasn't had too much. I can't even say too much time. 
But he really hasn't had the chance to show what he can do as a player. We've seen snippets of what he can do. But then when injuries came into play and his weight kept going up, things got a little bit derailed. So I'm still looking like, okay, Zion, I'm still looking to see what you're going to do or what you can do. But this stipulation here, this is well warranted. Because you can't tell that man what he can and cannot eat. And that is why he's in the situation that he's in. You're an NBA player. You cannot get over a certain weight because you'll pretty much eat yourself out of the league. I've seen it happen with players like Oliver Miller. Another player that I could probably compare Zion the most to is John Williams. Not High Rod Williams, not that one. But look up the story of John Williams. And it's, I really don't want that to happen to Zion because dude pretty much ate himself out of the league. Because his weight just kept going up and down. He, when he couldn't meet the weight requirements, he was out on, I think, injured reserved or whatever the case might have been. But it's like, yo, this team has invested a hell of a lot to get you. And they're still investing in you now. Now it is up to Zion to decide how bad he wants it. Because I know you didn't work your ass off to get to the NBA and have it end like this because you decide that you would rather eat than lose weight and become a better player. Like, I just really hope that he chooses the right decision because this is a once-in-a-lifetime fucking opportunity. Not everybody makes it out of the situations they're in and into the NBA. So for Zion's sake, I hope he does get himself in shape and get himself right so he can be in the NBA and stay healthy. That's all I want. Ooh, and now to the next subject. We're going to talk a little WNBA today. So I'm just going to say this. Liz Cambridge, by far, is one of the tallest women in the WNBA. She's one of the most talented WNBA players and one of the fucking sexiest. I watched her when she was in Vegas and she was fucking killing it. Like Liz Cambridge, she packs the right size of talent, beauty, and brains into one person. So you can imagine my shock when ESPN said that Liz Cambridge was no longer going to be in L.A. because they terminated her contract. And I'm like, well, what the fuck do you mean? She just got there. Like, it was a big fucking deal when Liz got to L.A. Because, as we all know, the Sparks are an extension of the Lakers. So the Sparks is going to be held to a higher standard versus your average WNBA team. But the way things have been going over there, I'm trying to pull up the record right now and it's taking forever to load up. Come on now. Okay, got it. The Sparks are having a very disappointing season. They are fourth. They are in fourth place in the Western Conference. The record is 20, 12 and 16. Now... You could say that their play contributed to her unhappiness. 
But I just wanted to wait a couple of days to wait till more details emerge. I'm like, that can't be the only fucking reason. And as usual, I'm correct. So she apparently beefed with other Sparks players about not getting enough post touches. And she would call out her teammates during film sessions. Then the teammates said she wasn't putting herself in a position, position to receive the ball and wasn't getting back on defense. She also got people mad when she tried to wear jersey numbers that were either retired or already taken by teammates. Now, I can see where the level of entitlement would come into play. Because I'm like, Liz, you can't be doing all that shit. And also, she was also apparently, allegedly, racially abusing Nigerian players before the Olympics. And Sparks players have two ladies of African descent on the team. And I'm just sitting here like, yo, Liz, you were too fine and too talented to be doing all this childish shit. Especially trying to wear certain numbers that you know were taken or retired. Like, that's the level of disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, you might want to wear a number, but then you'd be like, okay, well, this number's retired. Maybe I'll take another one. But to kind of do the mean girl routine here, I'm like, that'll never end well. Especially when you were one of the most sought-after free agents. And then just to have things end this way, like... It's messed up, and I don't like it. And she, they said that she apparently burned her last bridge in WNBA. And they, some people might expect her to focus on her careers in modeling and DJing. Now, if you have seen Liz Cambridge, you know that she is more than qualified to do both because she's fine as hell. Trust me, I got her picture saved in my phone. The woman is fucking beautiful. And she could pretty much do modeling and fucking kill it. Because all this just discord in LA, like, that might have been like, okay, you know what? I don't even feel like dealing with the drama. Let me seek my fortunes elsewhere. I see that happening, but the basketball lover in me still wants to see her on the court. You know what I'm saying? So, Liz, I just hope that you make things right, which you made wrong in LA, before you completely leave. And then just let bygones be bygones. Some players may take a little bit longer to forgive her. You know what I'm saying? But I just hope that she finds her way. And learn how to approach certain situations differently than what she did here. Because all of that drama is... It's not good. Especially, like, if you go go through a situation like that, the media has a tendency to blow things up out of proportion and make it bigger than what it actually is. And the situation could have been handled over a simple talk. You know what I'm saying? It's like certain things that are small, the media will blow it up. But yeah, I just hope she gets everything together. You know what I'm saying? So that's that. And speaking of, well, I can't even say drama, but NBA legend Bob Cousy had something to say about the people who disrespected the players in his age. The former players, I should say. And Kuzi said, and I quote, who gives a darn if we play plumbers and firefighters? At least we didn't play against a bunch of TikTok dancers and Switch streamers. We played against men. And honestly, I couldn't have agreed more. Because had it not been for those, those same plumbers and firefighters that y'all talk shit about now, 
there wouldn't be an NBA for you to talk about today. And that's just the fucking truth. And that's an issue that I have with new basketball fans. It's like you want people to respect your generation of ball so bad that you'll fucking dismiss or fucking talk shit about the players that came before you that made it possible for you to be in a position to love the NBA the way that you do. Had it not been for these plumbers, these firefighters, these Pizza Hut managers, there would not be a Lahim James. There would be no Steph. There would be no Giannis. And that's one thing that I always tried to reiterate, especially when I was learning about sports when I was younger. Respect what came before your era of basketball. Because it's interesting to see and learn how things were before the NBA became what it is today. And I'm a big history buff. Like, I love watching sports documentaries, finding out what happened here, there, and everywhere. Because if something comes up in a, a debate, nobody can take advantage of me because I already know what I'm talking about. And that's just, it's just a mess because people will show But then when you present fake news and people call you out on it, you want to defend down. You want to defend your fucking fake news down to the death. Then when facts come up, you get silent because you can't dispute it. You can't dispute the fucking truth. You can maybe make assumptions about it. You can even have an opinion about it. But the truth runs miles around shit talking. And that's just the fucking truth. So Kuz was like, yo, you're not about to do my era of ball. Because these are the players that your grandfathers or uncles or aunts may have watched. Hell, your parents may have watched Bob Cousy growing up. And even though the NBA wasn't as mainstream as it is now, if those like if you guys actually followed the NBA, like Bob Cousy was not no scrub out here. He was the one winning those championships with Bill Russell by his side, okay? So as much shit as you talk, learn to respect what came before you. Because if those plumbers and firefighters hadn't been there to fucking fight to get a mainstream spot in America's hearts, the NBA would not exist. Plain and simple. Also, WWE SummerSlam is coming up on Saturday. And me and Mike just talked about this. If you don't know Mike, please tune in on the Mike with Mike on Energy Radio every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 to 9 p.m. And I'm a little iffy about it because this is the first pay-per-view without Vince. And I truly believe that certain things are going to be changed. Like the whole Austin Theory thing. Vince had his heart set on this boy. Since WrestleMania, coddling him at every turn, trying so hard to make him happen. Then Roman said on Monday Night Raw, he's like, your daddy's not here to protect you anymore. And everybody was like, oh, shit. And I just started laughing because I'm like, well, he ain't lying. (laughs) Roman is not lying because it's like, yo, you don't have Vince to lean back on. So you're pretty much by yourself. And I think they're going to end up burying theory because they're going to want to take not even Vince's influence. They're going to want to take the decisions that Vince made and turn them on their heads. Because I told I told Mike that I seen the Street Profits winning 
the Bills from the Usos. Now, as much as I love the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, love them down. Love them down. But if you want things to be shaken up, you're going to have to have the title change hands at some point in time. And the company has always been iffy about putting belts on black talent, specifically the tag team division. Because crime time, back in like 2009, 2010, did they deserve to win the tag titles? Absolutely. Because they had the crowd behind them. And people wanted to see them win it, but it never happened. So I just hope the Street Profits win. Of course, I hope Finass Bianca wins. I see Liv Morgan winning. And Riddle ended up getting hurt. I think he was supposed to fight Seth Rollins. I think he was supposed to fight Seth. But he ended up getting hurt, so that match is completely scrapped. And it's like, they've been having injuries a lot. And another thing I don't get is why they put Seth in a position to hurt talent. Well, not intentionally. I won't say intentionally. Like, not intentionally. But it's like, yo, more than one wrestler has been hurt at the hands of Seth. And the fucking biggest one was the man they call Sting. And that should have been a sign right there. That even though Seth Rollins is a good promo worker, he's a good wrestler. But dude is just not a safe worker. He isn't because I'm like, once it becomes a mistake, once it starts to happen again and again, like when do you say enough is enough? And it's like, yo, you can't be doing this to certain people. Either you have to change the moves up a little bit so you don't hurt somebody for real. Because what the avid fan of the wrestling business doesn't know is... Even though things are scripted, even though they are quote-unquote fake, certain injuries you cannot fake, no matter how hard you try. You can try to protect yourself the best way you can. Granted, you might get hurt a little bit, but serious injuries, those are nothing to fake. You know, so... And the Roman and Brock match. Uh, I just hope Roman wins again. I did say Brock at first on, on, on the mic with Mike. He was like, And Mike told me, he's like... I don't think WWE wants another Brock Lesnar title reign. I'm like, eh, you're right. You're right. So they might have Roman retain again. And after this match, I don't want to see any more Roman and Brock matches ever again. Because you've run this whole series into the damn ground at this point. And I just want something new. <coughs> Excuse me. I want something new. Y'all are back to TV 14. Triple H knows exactly what it takes to get back to that level. Hell, he was in the heart of it when it was going on with the Attitude Era. So, Hunter, all I ask is for you to make it happen. That's all. And I have a message for one of my favorite wrestlers. The one, the only, Ric Flair. Rick, how many retirement matches have you had in my lifetime? Like, fuck the last 20 years. He's been having one more match since, literally, since I was fucking born. When you think Ric Flair is done, he manages to come back full-time at some point. He's done it in WCW. He's done it in WWE. 
when is enough going to be enough? And who would you even wrestle for your last one more match at this point? Hunter can't do it because he's officially retired, and that's still weird for me to say. Edge is coming back from an injury. Sean is retired. Like, who would you really want to go into a match with at this stage in your life? Like, I'm over the retirement matches with Ric Flair at this point because it's like, dude, you have nothing else to prove in the wrestling business. You've done everything there is to do. You've been a booker. You've been a world champion 16 times. You have been a tag champion. Like, you've literally done everything. Hell, I don't even think he had the IC belt at one point in time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I really think he did. But listen, after a while, you just have to be daddy's girl's daddy. Watch her wrestle. Be proud of her. Support her. And that is it. You can show up to wrestling events. You can still say, hey, I'm still hanging in here. I'm Ric Flair. You know what I'm saying? Everybody will love it. But I'm just over all these damn retirement matches because he's had at least 20 of those in his career alone. And it's just a lot because he's Ric Flair is in his 70s. I believe he's 74, if I'm not mistaken. There has to come a time when your body just can't do it anymore. Because Ric Flair has taken more bumps and lost more blood than the most hardcore wrestlers have. And the shit that you could do, hell, even at 50 or 60, may not hold up well when you're 74 years old. So Rick, from a fan to her favorite wrestler... I say just put your boots up. If you got to bury them shits, bury them shits. I'm tired of your retirement matches. Just sit back. Enjoy the product. Enjoy wrestling. But don't step foot in the ring to wrestle again. I'm begging you. Just let it go. Your hair's already gone. You don't have the long flowing blocks, long flowing locks anymore. Like your hair's let go. You need to let go of actually wrestling. And on that note, I am finished. I thank you guys again and again for your love and support for the show. Y'all ran up the listens on my last episode. Run the listens up on this one. Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheBeDangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the podcast that you're listening to right now on Spotify and wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, I am out of here. Peace.